What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, August 26th. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat is still feeling a little bit under the weather, but he does FaceTime in today. AJ Hawk, guest host once again. A lot of NFL news. Looking ahead at the season. Today's a fun one. Let's get into it. I think a lot of stuff is kind of starting to happen around oh, yeah. the NFL. I know the boys are all back in the studio. I'm not sure you guys have an update on Pat. I haven't heard from him in a few hours. Uh, I think it's one of those things where, you know, the the fever's getting up there and then it breaks and then it gets back up there and then it breaks. Uh, So I think he's just kind of, you know, lounging, trying to relax. I know uh, on Instagram he posts he took a walk around his backyard, Mm -hmm. got a little vitamin C, but he is definitely still battling, I believe. Well, hey, we, we all are our uh, thoughts and prayers with Pat, obviously, at home battling this thing. I know last Love night you, Pat. his Miss fever you, was Pat. pretty uh, Pat. That's right. His fever was pretty serious last night. I know it was not, uh, not an easy thing to deal with. He, hopefully, he may uh, feel up, up to uh, calling in at some point today. But I don't know if the boys back there have been paying attention, man. But there's a lot of weird stuff. Not weird stuff. Let's just say I want to start off with Jimmy G and mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers and their head coach, Kyle Shanahan. What? So these guys are saying, they get asked, hey, do you know who the starting quarterback is going to be? And did both of these guys say, hell yeah, I know I have a good idea of who it's going to be? No, Kyle said, I have a pretty good idea of who it's going to be. And then they came, Jimmy came up next and they asked Jimmy and Jimmy said, hell yeah, I have a good idea of who it's going to be. Yeah, there and, then he, and then he smiled. But like, it was weird. Kyle, the audio was like, because Kyle was like, I don't, I'm not sure I know what's, what's happening in the next few days. It was weird. Like, but obviously it seems as if Jimmy G will be the starter based yeah. on Jimmy being asked about what Kyle responded to. Jimmy said, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. I had a big smile on his face. So it seems as if it's going to be Jimmy. 100%. Well, I don't know. Is it a possibility that it's like a smokescreen? He's trying to throw people off because you don't want to give your first opponent a competitive advantage. It, no, no. Jimmy's a really good actor mm-hmm. if it is. Yeah, no. It's, it's got to be You don't need smokescreens against the Lions. <laughs> yeah. You throw anyone in there and they're going to win. <laughs> Bingo. Oh, okay. Hey, Dan you know Cam what, though? Be Jimmy could Baltimore. be a great actor. We know he uh, he may have dated an actor a couple years ago that people seemed to really get uh He did, sure, actually. He go did up actually. And puff and puff about like they didn't think he should be going to have a dinner with some lady. But, mm-hmm. hey, maybe maybe she taught him a few things, and she, she taught him how to, to act when the camera was in front of him. So, hey, either way, Jimmy G, date. I think this feels good for him. Don't he you did think? date that actress. You had to go to, like, page 64 to find her. Okay. Oh, oh, come on, dude. Come on, dude. dude. They I'll, went on one date. All I'm saying is, is I started questioning Jimmy G and his decision making when you look at Jimmy G and you know who Jimmy G is and he had to go down to I don't know past 100 in the top rankings of porn stars on Pornhub come on Jimmy should not go any farther than page one it's enough Tony I mean, Diggs, I mean, that's uncalled for. I, I don't I'm think Jimmy saying. deserves that. Maybe he was working his oh, way in. And you start with whoever, and then you work your way up. Right? Yeah, like, Tony, yeah, let's not act like subjective, right? Jimmy had to do anything. Okay, this was probably an opportunity that was presented to him, and he was just not willing to turn it down. Hey, here we go. Yeah, Whoa, foot in the door. You know, now he probably has a bunch of connections. Is there any thought, though, AJ, that like Jimmy G just goes out, plays unbelievable, they have an unreal season, they go to the Super Bowl, maybe they win the Super Bowl, and then it's like, Okay, now we have Jimmy G and Trey Lance. What are we going to do? Do we just send Jimmy G packing after his best season possibly ever? I mean, that's a, that's a great hypothetical that you laid out, and that's a great problem for the 49ers to have. If Jimmy G plays so well that he takes this team and they win a Super Bowl, yeah, then you, you do have some questions. But 
I would imagine they still believe no matter what happens this year that Trey Lance is the future of their team, most likely after this season, no matter what Jimmy does. Do you think this is like a same situation uh, as the Bears? or like Because Jimmy G seems like he's a little bit less of like a lame duck stop holder than Andy Dalton is because he did take them to the Super Bowl. Like, Do you think those two situations are similar in terms of how long each one of their leashes is? I guess a, a little bit, but Jimmy's issue really hasn't been – poor play it's always been Shanahan, Shanahan even said like it's his availability he's been he's been banged up he's been hurt had some big time injuries to keep him out of the lineup and that's what they're they're worried about they guess they have to protect themselves and they saw Trey Lance so they jumped up and took him but it, everything you hear about Trey Lance and you see him making these some unbelievable throws in the preseason are, are people saying like all right yeah he's flashing he's showing great signs and he has a gigantic his ceiling is so high but He's just not doing like he, he still needs time, I guess, to mature and to to get more reps. Isn't that kind of what the, the rumor mill says about it? Yeah, because yeah. he barely played. He didn't play basically at all last year either, AJ. So, I mean, it's going to take some time. You have to go with Jimmy to start the year. He also had the minus 18 uh, percent completion mm-hmm. over expectation rating. Uh, worst of the court rookie quarterbacks that I saw on that list. So it was something that you can't overcome, I don't think. That's right. I'm. I mean, you're right. We went over that yesterday. So can you explain exactly what that stat was that we went over on the show? Feels as if it was to just make it look like Trevor Lawrence was playing better than he was. That, and I believe someone out there goes, oh, that was supposed to be a completion, and it wasn't. Fucking minus 5%. That should have been deflected away. It was completion plus 5%. Yes, completion percentage over expectation. We went over this. Yeah, Trey Lance's. The lowest when it comes to all of the rookies. Who knows what exactly uh, this does? This means, I guess. Man, I don't know. We, we talk about. It. I know Pat talks about it in stats. You can make it look however you want, and you can kind of manipulate things and get people on your side. But that one, I mean, I'm not going to put too much into it. I know Jacksonville's got all kind of stuff. We'll get to that with what's going on, with Urban Meyer and the team, how they're buying in, what the culture is like. But I wanted. I know. I know we talk a lot of Patriots with Connor here and with what they have going on. But I feel like this is huge news. It's a huge day. Cam Newton. Back at practice with the Patriots, I hear he's Connor. I believe you tweeted he's running uh, with the ones and seven on seven. Yeah, he was the first one to take the first nap in the competitive seven on seven with the Giants. He also took the first series um, in the eleven on elevens, almost threw a pick to James Bradbury, who apparently Mac Jones told him to hold my nuts, bitch. Yesterday, um, not positive. Was that, real? was that a real quote? So that was a that was a real quote that got tweeted out. I still haven't been able to clarify if Simon Charles at S Charles NFL is a real person or if he's like a Barry McCockner character. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but today it's definitely been more of a Giants win, I would say. Mac had an interception early, and then he kind of came back, had like a fourth down conversion, a couple third down conversions, a touchdown to Bourne. Um, but it doesn't seem like Mac had the 34-40 day that he did yesterday. And I was wondering if you could probably speak on this. Like, is it more of a test that Bill would bring Cam in and put him as the number one right away just because everyone's like – kind of all on the Mac Jones train at the moment. So is it kind of like a, hey, reality check, you're still not the one yet. You're not going to be the guy until you actually beat Cam out. Or is he just kind of trying to give Cam a little respect and not completely take his job away just because of this whole COVID mix-up? I mean, I would imagine it's a little bit of both, but I, I don't think Belichick is super sentimental when he comes to, when it comes to deciding who the starter yeah. may be. I know – Anyone that's played for him does say, like, hey, no, he's a, he's a real human and he, he has emotion and he, he cares about his players. He really does, but he cares about winning football games. That's number one. So I don't think he's doing Cam any favors or anything, but maybe there's a little bit of that. Like, hey, this guy, 
unfortunate incident that was very unique uh, in the times, and he had to sit out five days. So I'm going to let him run with the ones when he gets back. And there is such a groundswell of support for for Mac. I know yeah. old Tom Curran, our guy, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, a Boston reporter, has said what there is no there's no legitimate reason for Cam to take any more reps with the ones. Did he say that? Yeah, he said there's no yeah there's no on field reason for Cam Newton to take meaningful regular season reps. So I mean, if you hear that from reporters, then you hear him talking shit and running laps at the O line and all that. It feels as though there's a clear like, hey, if he goes with Cam Newton, there should be some sort of uproar. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Bill Belichick. He's gonna do. He said this before. He's just gonna do whatever's best for the team. So if that happens to be Cam week one, then it happens to be Cam. But I do think, to Ty's point about kind of the short leash that Andy Dalton has, like if Cam comes out first quarter, first half of week one, and he doesn't, you know, perform up to snuff, or even if he just makes a couple, you know, small mistakes, overthrows, maybe underthrows, whatever you want to call it, then you got to assume they're just going to put Mac Jones in right away if he's playing this well, right? I mean, how, I don't know, like how short of a leash do you want? Like if you're going to commit and say Cam's going to start week one, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time seeing him being pulled. Like you think if he had a, a rough first half and they're down 17, that they're going to put Mac to start the thir- uh, third quarter? I mean, I don't see why not, especially when you're hearing all this stuff, like that he is kind of processing the offense and the playbook very well, um, that it, it's much more balanced between the pass and the run. But also like – Cam just played by far since he's been in New England his best game. And, yeah, it was a preseason against the Eagles, but he did not look that good throwing the ball at any point last year. You could maybe point to Seattle, but even then uh, he's, th- there were still some shaky throws. Like against the Philadelphia Eagles, he looked unreal. He was throwing ropes. But, again, if this COVID thing becomes sort of an issue – and then also the team is kind of not leaning towards Mac, but respects him the just amount as they respect Cam. Then it's like, hey, if there's struggles, you're not just going to roll with the guy just because you want to keep Mac on the bench. Like I don't think, or slow play Mac rather. I don't think that would make any sense. Do you think I this get- is a situation, AJ, where like there's a there's a big divide between how the the media views him and how he's actually viewed within the building? Like, did that ever happen while you were playing? Where like the media would be all over some guy during the preseason, and you guys maybe like kind of see that, and it's like, okay, well they're they're a little off on this, like and, and misguided. Uh, yeah, that, I think that definitely happens. Not as much at the quarterback position, uh, but yeah, especially when the media gets usually and fans get to watch all of training camp practice and they're grading one on ones and they're doing all this. They may jump on somebody who they think like is going to have an absolute breakout year. That the players probably know. Like, hey, chances are, like, no, this, this some people are just all stars in practice. Some yeah. people, that's just how they they are. But with Mac, I don't get that feeling because you do get all of his teammates like supporting him in the media. And we know the Patriots players, they rarely say much to the media. Like when they speak, they, they give the, you know, the cliche coaches answers that yeah. they want them to give. These guys have been pumping Mac up hard, I feel like, when the media asks about him. Yeah, that's why when like Matthew like obviously the media, to your point, has been saying that he has to play, but like when Matt when a guy like Matthew Slater comes out and says like this dude's character, how he carries himself, like the respect he commands, all like all that, I feel like just that kind of endorsement from Slater is damn near enough for him to play. And also like the Patriots defense is obviously a, a pretty solid defense. They got a couple guys. So if he's able to, you know, tear up that first team and also be able to shoot the shit with other players and all that, I, it just doesn't make sense to me not to put him in right away. But obviously he still has to beat out Cam if Bill's still rolling Cam out for, you know, with all the ones right away. So it, 
I'm sure we can all agree that Bill Belichick has probably seen almost every single situation that you could face as a as a head football coach in the NFL. But I was trying to think back. Has he ever been the head coach of a team where they have a legit quarterback battle like this going on? Obviously, not in New England he hasn't. Going back to yeah. when he was the Cleveland Browns, I'm trying to think. I know he cut Bernie Kosar in the middle of the year. Bernie went and won a, bat, won a, a ring as the backup of the Cowboys after that. But I'm just wondering – if he's had to deal with this, because I know Belichick has some quotes out there when they asked him, like, he doesn't really know how it's going to play out. He's not saying, oh, yeah, we have a plan. This is it. It's What was his quote? He said, I can't really tell you how it's going to play out when they asked him. Well, I guess he he kind of had to make the decision when Bledsoe came back yeah. after his injury with Brady and stuff like that, but that was not really – Brady had already – yeah. Yeah, that wasn't he, a competition. Brady ran away with it, I guess. It was definitely a decision he had to make when, when Bledsoe became, came back. But, yeah, it was all right. All right, well, Tom has – gone on this magical run with this team we're going to stick with it i guess now it's a little bit different yeah and there was a report talking about how like if mac jones get this job he will not give it back so maybe that's kind of the thought where it's like if he's that confident in mac that when he does go out there he'll just take over and it'll be his then maybe you do go with cam just because it's like hey we'll give him one chance if he takes advantage of it and if we play really well with him then good we still have mac and if he starts to fall off we'll put mac in and then the rest is history and this whole kind of thing is you know dead but there's still so much to you know go go with still because of the fact that the season's still two weeks away or 15 days away from the first NFL Sunday. But, you know, I personally hope that it's Mac. I know Gumpy as a Dolphins fan hopes that it's Cam, but either way you're kind of winning yeah. with both. I always go what? back to what Lombardi said, though, AJ. Like, if you start with Cam and he doesn't play well, then you go to Mac. If you start with Mac or you start with Justin Fields and they struggle – and you have to go back to Dalton or Cam, I think then that would be considered a mistake, right? Yeah, and it is, I guess, interesting how similar those situations are, how similar, I guess, Cam's situation is with Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit different in ways, but really they're both up against a a tough task where the person behind them has a ton of support from the whole fan base, from a lot of people. The person behind them they draft is playing very well, and they know, like, hey, if I am in there as a starter week one, I start getting nervous for these guys, for Cam, for Andy Dalton, if they are in there starting because I'm like, how do you have uh, – I mean, it's going to be a great test for mentally, I think, and to, to know, like, all right, if I throw a pick early, if I do this, like, I don't want to worry that I'm going to be yanked out of the game and I'll never start again for this team. Like, there's a lot on their shoulders, but that's why they get paid a bunch of money, and that's what I say all the time. Like, playing quarterback in the NFL is the toughest position in all of pro sports. Like, there's just so yeah. much physically and mentally that goes into it that I, I'm blown away, really – by the way that these guys can handle it. And I just think Belichick, he's fine. he finds himself kind of in a place where he hasn't really had to deal with this before. And For sure. I'll be curious to see how it all works out. Well, it's funny, too, looking at the Bears and the Patriots QB competition just because, like, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, they obviously offer much different things. And it's kind of the same with Cam and Mac Jones. Like, Mac Jones is, I would say, much more of an Andy Dalton, whereas Fields – probably has you know a, a pretty solid arm i'm not saying he does, doesn't know how to throw the ball but him and cam also very similar so they both add different dimensions to the offense and that's where you know you just kind of have to wait and see what happens i think andy obviously is still the week one starter there that's been pretty adamant the whole time whereas bill and mcdaniels have kind of gone back and forth with cam and obviously now him missing five days definitely affects him especially about how good mac did yesterday so you know, there's a lot of time. This is why the offseason is so interesting, just because the rookie quarterbacks. And, I mean, to your point, that's kind of why we've been watching these games, because you want to see how these guys are going to do and how these quarterback competitions are going to play out. 
Well, don't you think we want to see also like who plays, how much they play? I know the Bills have said Josh Allen will play in the third preseason game. He said some of the starters may even play the whole first half. I doubt uh, Josh Allen will play the first half, but he didn't play in the first two preseason. He's going to play in the third. What are the Patriots going to do? Have they come out and said what they're doing? No, they haven't yet. I assume Cam's probably going to play like the whole first quarter into the second quarter, especially after missing time. Uh, he obviously was affected from the COVID last year, and this is a different situation. He didn't actually get COVID. He just missed time. But you got to assume that's probably his kind of last tryout almost. Or not tryout, but his last kind of way to show like, hey, I need to be the QB1. This is my job. Um, and he's got to play better than Mac. And maybe they do go almost in every other. I'm more picturing this competition coming down to next week and the week after game week where it's like, all right, here we go. 11 on 11, you guys both get reps on the ones. Whoever, you know, scores gets the job, basically. I assume he's just going to put him in a high-pressure situation and then whoever plays well wins the job just because it's so close. Like, obviously, Mac played so well yesterday and Cam wasn't there, so that helps him. But because Cam was there last year and it's kind of been his job and he was a captain last year and that whole thing, um, it's going to be some sort of competition coming down to the last week. Do you think him being a captain last year has any sort of effect on anything? No, not really. I I don't. I mean, yeah, it speaks a lot for who he is and the kind of leader he is, but I don't think when Belichick is sitting there trying to make the final decision, he's like, like, oh, but he was a captain last year. (laughs) Got to play. Yeah, I I just don't think that – will have a, a huge role. But do they technically have to announce a starter before the game? Could they go right no. to game day with like game time and not announce a starter? Yeah. I, th- I think they can go. Yeah, don't, they don't have to announce yeah, it, Yeah, because right? look at when last year with Herbert. What was that? Like two minutes before the game we found out he was starting? Well, he got hurt, though. But it was because yeah. Tyra got – yeah, I guess you could – But you, could you know what I want. mean? Like I don't think you have to. They release depth charts. They have to release depth charts, I know. But they could just put 1A, 1B. Or, you don't have to have – you could have two starters at any positions you want. Well, like, in that week leading up to, you got to assume the media will probably tell you, like, okay, Max – whether it's Mac or Cam. Okay, Max coming out. He's taking all the one reps. Hey, but the, but the, think about it. Connor during the regular season. Even though uh, the media usually has to leave after warmups and like uh, maybe individuals, so they don't get to see team periods once the, you start in season practice. Yeah, so that, again, that is why because I didn't know that. I just assumed that's how we were going to find out. Is they were just going to tell us like, okay, it's game week, Cam's taking all the ones reps, blah blah blah. But if they was that new, could it was that always uh, like kind of a rule? Were they never able to do that? I think each team has their own set of rules on how long the media stays, but I don't think there's any – I don't know of any teams to where the media during the regular season watches the whole practice and gets to watch team periods and all of that. Like, you know, when you – say you're watching whatever ESPN during the week and they're showing – they're talking about teams and they're showing clips like on a Wednesday. They show – it always looks like, oh, man, these guys don't do anything. Look how easy practice mm-hmm. is. They're not doing – they're just walking around doing pat and go, stretching. I'm like, yeah, because – they're allowed to film like the first 15 minutes when you're warming up and you're doing pat and goes and you're just kind of getting loose. And then all of a sudden they blow a whistle and you go do team periods in the media. They show them out the door. So Damn. you can't really get a whole lot of info for that. But I wanted to switch. I, I can't believe I haven't mentioned it yet. Ryan Tannehill, he's in the COVID protocol. So what? I, I don't know exactly all of the details about this. Can, Ty, could you explain what's going on with Tannehill and how long he's going to be out? Well, I believe he – so he was vaccinated. He was one of the guys who basically said like, hey, the NFL – forced my hand here i didn't necessarily want to get it but he did he got vaccinated got covid and i believe i read that uh because he is vaccinated it's not like the five day you know like waiting period or whatever and i think he just needs two tests 24 hours apart that are both negative and then he's good to come back 
And it also said, I believe he doesn't have to, um, like with the contact tracing, it's not the same. I think there are still certain things he can do. Um, but I don't know if he's in the building today or if he has to stay at home or anything like that. And the Titans GM said that they are 97, 98% vaccinated, so it shouldn't affect the team like like it did in Buffalo where if you're not vaccinated and you're near someone who did get COVID, even though they're vaccinated, then you got to do the five-day thing. Uh, it seems like the Titans are almost all vaccinated, so it should be just like if Tannehill gets two uh, negative tests within 48 hours or t- 24 hours apart, whatever, he should be back whenever that happens. Same as Braves, his head coach Correct. had the same thing yeah. come up, right? He was vaxxed, he tested he positive, yet? he had to show two negative. Is he back yet? That's what I was just asking. I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, when did he that pop? Was, was it Monday? Monday? Yeah, so I would assume so. It, or unless he's still testing positive. But we, we would, oh yeah, true. I guess because he already did test positive, so we wouldn't necessarily hear again. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they made it seem like because Tannehill is vaccinated, that this really isn't that big of a deal. If he doesn't have COVID, he should be back to practice within the next few days. Man, I, I doubt people have strong feelings on both sides of this argument, do they? No, no I don't think so. No one really cares. Dive into this. Yeah, it's pretty clear cut. You know, yeah. kind of just right down. The- <laughs> Everyone's on the same page with this yeah. one. I believe it is good. To, it's fun to see people come together. This just really brings people together. Everything that's happening right now. But you mentioned the, the Buffalo Bills. How many guys do they have out right now on the whole COVID protocol? I believe six. I saw. Yeah, is oh, a trainer. Did a trainer test positive? That's not, is that right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And then the the, the con- So is it? The people that are away from the facility now, are they the close contacts that were unvaxxed? Is that who's out of the yes. building? Yep. Yeah. Gabriel and then, Davis, Cole Beasley. I'm not sure who else. Yeah, and then to add on McKenzie. to the Bills thing, uh, yeah, Isaiah McKenzie got fined um, the traditional or standard first fine, which is $14,650 because I guess he wasn't wearing his tracker or he was spotted in the facility not wearing his mask and he's unvaccinated, so you have to wear your mask all the time. Wow. So, it, all right. And then McKenzie, I know we had, he had a letter that the NFL sent him his fine letter, right? And your first fine is $14,650. And then is the next one one game uh, check? And then after that, you get a four-game suspension. Is that right? So I don't believe it was an actual – I could be wrong, but I, I thought I read that it's not a four-game suspension. It's just it's a, you don't get paid four-game checks. Oh, so okay. I think it's your fine yeah. f- four-game oh, – never mind. Four game suspension and you are unpaid. So yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't think they ever do that in the NFL, do they? Where it's like, hey, this is a an un, you, you're on. Uh, you still get to work, but you're not getting paid. Like they don't have that, do they? They oh. must not. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, one, you're suspended or not, they don't let you play and say, oh, hey, you're playing these four games, but you're not getting game checks for these. Games. <laughs> do you think well, this is changing him at all, though? Like, do you think now he's like, oh, OK, now that I got my first fine, like I'm just going to go get vaccinated now? Or is he just going to be much more strict, always have a mask on, put his helmet on with the mask on and then take it off? Well, and do you get charged as like a repeat offense? Like, it, let's say he gets COVID again or he's a close contact and can't be there, but he was doing everything right. It, like I don't think they give a shit. I think he's still considered a repeat offender. So even if he was doing everything right and it happens again, then it'll be the next stage of whatever that is. He'll get the one week salary offense or you know a, a suspension and be unpaid. Yeah, I mean you, you don't want to be fined fourteen thousand six hundred fifty dollars. Let alone if you know this happens again at one week salary during the season. You're uh, what a, a a game check would be no I, I mean yeah i would imagine guys definitely have to start rethinking it and if you get like, you're have one strike against you and you've already been fined yeah you don't want to give up more and i know uh, i was reading something earlier today when they said like hey 
unvaccinated players are going to be like they may be healthy scratch like day, game day of game because they have to get tested the day of a game and vaccinated players don't have to get tested day of a game so you may lose somebody that you had up so it just yeah man it's i don't i don't get it i don't know how it's all going to play out i don't know how it's going to work throughout the season but there's just so much going on right now. I can't imagine what's hey. going on in these coaches' meetings and when they're talking to each other about like the whole vaccination status of their team. Yeah, Age, what does this do like in the locker room? Like, it's one thing at the beginning when they, the guys who aren't vaccinated, were choosing not to get vaccinated. It wasn't hurting the team or anything like that. But now, when guys are like missing practice time and potentially missing games, does that like do anything? Is that going to cause a riff in the locker room potentially? I'm sure it is, yeah, because just like uh, the rest of society, I think players have their opinions one way or the other on the whole vac- vaccination status. So I'm sure there's there's people uh, on teams, you know, that are wondering why guys aren't getting vaccinated and unvaccinated guys are talking, you know, telling them all their information, what they've been reading, what they've taught. You know, it's just like going out anywhere, I feel like. So, yeah, that, I think they, that's an issue for sure. Depends on who the player is, though. Like if some bit your starting quarterback is a stud and, He's unvaccinated and he's playing awesome. Like guys aren't going to say a whole lot to him. It's mm-hmm. all it's kind of on your production and how the team views you as a as a leader and how much they respect you. I think too. Well, and it's not every Bills player because there was one offensive lineman. I think Deion Dawkins for them who got the first shot in between getting the second shot, got COVID, and he had like a terrible, terrible case. Said like he wasn't sure he was going to make it. He's hospitalized for four yeah, days. Hospitalized. Yeah. So I know that there are some voices in the Bills locker room that take it very seriously. And then obviously on the other side of the spectrum, there are the Cole Beasleys that you know will die or retire before they get the vaccine. Yeah, when you you said uh, the guy that spent four days, did he end up getting the second vaccine or did he not get the second? I, I believe he ended up getting the – it wasn't like two vaccines, just the second shot. I believe he got the second shot uh, even though he is an immunicorn because he has that 90-day uh, window where he has the antibodies and he, he won't be affected by it. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I get it. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonso at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. <laughs> Bingo. Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? 
the shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to getrumman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Go. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. So... Sad news for everybody to let you know. Sorry, Von Miller actually is going to be pushed until another day because I guess it's practice. Something's run over. We were trying to get him, squeeze him in between practice and meetings, I believe. And guess what? They're, they're trying to get ready for an NFL that football happened. season. So things happen. It's obviously not on Vaughn's side. We were trying to squeeze him in. It, he will be on at some point, but uh, oh, yeah. look forward to when he does come on. But Thank you. I got some texts, some tweets during the break. Okay. It sounds like something's happening at Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley press conference. I know Ariel Hawani has tweeted that all hell is broken loose and that somebody from Jake Paul's team has got into it with Tyron Woodley's mom, oh. which is not great. Like She's known as – people talk about her. She's around, and people have a lot of respect for her. So I have no idea this, – Seems like it got real, huh? I know Jake Paul does a lot of stuff for show or to hype the fight. It sounds like something real has has started here in Cleveland at this press conference. Yeah, and this is not good for Jake Paul if I had to bet. Now Tyron Woodley's got a whole new yeah. batch of worms under his belt that he wants to go ahead and absolutely slaughter Jake Paul. But also, maybe this is part of the plan. Jake Paul's a smart guy. Maybe this is, you know, let's get Woodley a little pissed off. Let's get him a little too aggressive on the ring on Sunday, and then we'll counter. I mean, I have a hard time believing that they're going to. This is part of hyping the fight with his mom involved. That's the only thing that has me worried about what's going on. I, I guess this goes to the, the NFL training camps and all these fights that happen, and all we have are still shots and all this. If they're at a press conference and there's some kind of melee happening, do we, are there's, there's not footage out right away. I would imagine Ariel Hawani is streaming the whole thing. Do you think there's a, I mean, were punches thrown? I don't know if they were just talking shit to her or what. I mean, has, no, a, yeah. has a melee happened? Every video no, I've no. seen online right now, I have not seen one, like, fight at all. Just verbal altercation? You think hell so what is Ariel, when Ariel says, oh. all hell is broken loose, what's that? It might be like the uh, gotcha hat situation just with, like, out bodyguards. It's probably just, like, a lot of hooting and hollering back and forth at each other. And if, granted, I have no idea, but if someone like directly was attacking uh, Woodley's mom just kind of out of nowhere, then there definitely is going to be a massive problem. I'm sure some clips will come out soon here because it might still be going on. They might still be filming the whole entire thing if all hell has broken loose. Well, I, I did see a, a still shot earlier from the presser, and Jake Paul's sitting there in his little spot at the table, and he has, he's shirtless, like eight chains on. Really, he looks, uh, he looks like, like Jake, but... Tweet, uh, Zito actually sent me a, a picture. I want to read it real quick. It's this Miles Garrett thing, Z, that you sent me. So Miles Garrett had a quote saying, I'd beat the brakes off Logan Paul, but I have bigger fish to fry. Okay, Miles Garrett, one of the most impressive-looking humans on planet Earth right now. The guy, how he moves, just how he's built, unbelievable freak. And Jake, which I think this is a bit out of line, it's stick to football, my friend. You saw what happened when Nate Robinson from the NBA tried to step into the ring. I would argue with Jake that I think Nate Robinson and Miles Garrett are somewhat different humans yeah. in their build, how bit. they can handle themselves. Like, don't you think it's a little bit different? There's not exactly apples to apples here. Yeah, no disrespect to Nate Robinson, but he's like five seven. Miles mm -hmm. Garrett is what six five two eighty and ripped some guy's helmet off and tried to split his head in half with it. Like, if this guy gets juiced up and gets going, 
I, uh, I, I wouldn't want to fuck with him. Not good. Yeah, he's uh, Miles Garrett. No, I, I can't imagine ever taking that gun and winning and really anything that has to do with uh, physical ability. That would be that would be awful. Yeah, we'll see what happens with this this Jake Paul thing. I mean, you're right, Connor. I, we haven't seen it. We're just hearing it. This could easily all be manufactured for the fight, but hey, that's what they're doing. Maybe he, maybe these guys just understand it, and they're they're willing, I guess, to cross the line to try to sell a fight a little bit. Yeah, and it adds a storyline, and there's more promotion to it. And like, obviously, we're reacting to it live, so we we're not too sure, but also we are reacting to it. Like, this adds kind of another element to the fight where it's like, okay, now the guy who is the underdog at plus one sixty four, his mom's getting you know verbally attacked by the guy who's favorited, so. Maybe this does kind of change a little, little aspect to it, and kind of adds just another element where it's you know makes the fight not more interesting, but a little more serious now. If there is some mom shots being thrown by Team Paul, oh, we got some video right here for you, AJ. Let's see it. What do you got? Got some audio. Oh. So that's Jake's guy sitting there. Is that, yeah, yeah, is that, that, like is a, that uh, Woodley's brother? Is that his mom and young guy? Oh. oh. That's what we have. That's also wow. a Paul guy with That's the uh, with the <laughs> with with the emblem on the back of his hoodie that uh, fell down there. I don't know. That looked pretty. So something serious. was said. What Jake Paul's guy? Something was said, and so Woodley's mom got in the guy's face. It, I think Arrow even said in one of the tweets, like this could have gone much worse. You're right. Looking at that, that looked like it could have been a full melee in that room. Especially if it's his mom, just to hey, we're hammer home that fact. Er- Ariel's there. Is the presser still going on? We should try to reach out to Ariel. Get him get him to call us from the presser. Boots on the ground. We know he's not tied through ESPN anymore. He's doing his own thing. He's all over the place. He works for nine different companies. Pat's back. Pat, you talked to Ariel yet about this? I just texted him. Literally, I texted him immediately upon seeing that all hell had broken loose. He has not responded, I think, because he's trying to either upload clips or maybe because... He's just not going to respond. He's trying not to catch any. He didn't want to catch any uh, friendly fire and get catch a haymaker to the temple, probably. I don't know if you guys saw. Did you guys see Omar in there? No. Oh, what? Really? what was he? That video back. Omar at Omar. He's getting the clips, dude. Run that thing. I mean, we're going to see it on SportsCenter now. Wait for it. Wait yeah. for it. That's Tyron Woodley's mom, right? Mm-hmm. She's uh-huh. saying, I don't give a fuck. Look, there's oh, Omar. There he is. There he is. Oh. Look at him. Wait, he gets oh, Omar. <laughs> So much going on. Is that Woodley's brother? I don't know. Uh, well, he, I don't know. He's everybody said Tyron Woodley's mom is a sweetheart. She was talking some real shit to that dude. It was awesome. Yeah. The way that that yeah. dude is standing over top of the other dude. Uh, Omar. Like, sometimes Omar's people just stand. Get stuff. out of there. Protect Omar at all costs. Hey, remind me who the hell Omar is. What? He's oh, the guy come who on. He's the guy that does the uh, LeBron and uh, Ball brother tweets and posts on the ESPN Instagram, right? Yep. Yeah. Wait, what? He runs Sports Center account. All right, he created House oh, he of Highlights. Have a little respect for Ad Omar, dude. Is it known that he runs the Sports Center account? Oh yeah. Come on, Hawk. Oh, that's oh, like yeah. okay, it, but it's not CPAT. I know a guy that runs some high-profile accounts that you introduced me to. That it's not known that he runs these accounts, though. Yeah, well, Omar 
pins his own comments. <laughs> <laughs> so he's smart, an ESPN employee. Yeah, he's uh, he runs Sports Center. He he was the Sports Center Instagram account is his thing, brah. But he, um, <laughs> you know, he's a good story. Bruh. Actually, he created, you know, came out of nowhere, made House of Highlights. Now he's at Sports Center. Oh, okay, that's him. Thing, okay, I got it. Always yeah. ends up being right in the middle of everything. Omar, it's awesome. Would you want to be? I I would yes. Wherever Ariel is in that room, I would not want to be right in the middle. I want to be out on the edges, standing on a chair, looking over. I don't want to get caught with Agus. That thing could get real serious real quick, and they may think you're involved. It's funny you say well, that. He's in the back Mr. corner right Woodley, now. Mr. Woodley was not thrown. If I'm somebody, though, I'm, I'm, climbing, up, I'm climbing up those things there to get a little sky. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. Scaffolding. Yes, yes. Scaffolding right said. there. Oh, I'm surprised Omar didn't do that, by the way. Huh. Normally, Omar would hit to the skies. Did you say you saw Ariel in any of these clips, Z? <laughs> no, it's funny because he's in the back right corner now. Like, Omar was in the middle. Ariel's so far away from everything. It's pretty funny. Ariel has not responded to me yet. I'm looking right now. I said, anybody hit anybody? And he said, no. Nah. Well, Ariel's so, probably Billy, getting, a, Billy getting exclusive probably with said, Woodley and Woodley's mom. Billy just sent a text that that was actually his sister that was talking shit in that guy's face. I mean, oh. this is classic. This oh, is good stuff. This is what you're looking for. I'm it's excited for this sell fight. A lot of warns in here. Pumped. <laughs> how you feeling, man? Well, I was supposed to go take a shower there. I did knock it up. <laughs> good. Got to rest. You know what I mean? I so is it, shower. it? Are you on like a roller coaster pat? Like, do you feel like somewhat average to below average? And then you feel terrible, and then you go back up and down. How is it? Yeah, it's coming in waves. It comes in waves. You know, like I said this uh, last hour there. Whenever I called in abruptly and ruined a whole Lincoln Riley conversation, and I apologize for that. I think he'll go to the oh. NFL whenever the hell he wants. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever yeah. the hell he wants, he'll wait for them to go to the SEC, or you think he'll leave before they get the SEC? Mm. I think it de depends if the right NFL opportunity opens up. Because I think the right NFL opportunity would have been there if Lincoln Riley said, "Hey, I want to go to the NFL." Because the SEC's oh, in what, yeah. four years, five years? Probably 25, I think, yeah. And the Cowboys job was open what, two years ago, and that's when they were throwing Lincoln Riley around, and it seemed like that was the right time. It'll be too. open again before they go to the SEC. Whoa. 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 Easy, Whoa. Gigs. Tony. <laughs> You're not watching Hard Knocks, dude? <laughs> Listen, I am watching Hard Knocks, and I appreciate that Big Mike respects Lightning, and he respects Pittsburgh, because I also respect both of those things. Um, but, you know, we also know that he did dupe uh, NFL Network Tom. And uh, we just I just don't know, Pat. I just don't know. It does seem like he could potentially stink at coaching again. Uh, but Jerry Jones seems to be doing whatever he can to have to win another Super Bowl. And maybe Big Mike will do that. Um, it comes in waves. AJ, it comes in waves. The eight, It's just an annoying. Like, this is annoying. Yeah. This is an annoying thing. I don't think I get sick much. I haven't been sick in, like, maybe 15 years i don't think so i don't know if i'm like the right person to be telling people how you know i feel you're just super achy super sweaty you know it's one of those things does it feel like it's it's getting better yeah but then i'll like pass out and i'll wake up and i feel terrible you know like it's just like it, it's kind of coming in ways i'm on some Good push. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. That just made me feel that way. I actually haven't been able to smoke because I'm worried about my lungs or whatever, uh -huh. which is a damn shame. This is the lowest I've ever been. I saw the entire YouTube comment section, which seems to be less cesspool today than it was yesterday. I'm not sure I haven't peaked my mind in there as much. Everybody said Pat's all doped up. 
I'm not. This is so bad. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Haven't been here in about 10 years either. <laughs> no, we know you get your uh, any medication from Connor when it comes to COVID-related things. We know that. What the hell are you talking about, Hawk? We well, know. that's the thing. I mean, I got zinc here. I got elderberries here. I got vitamin this. I got what? vitamin what? that. What? Then you're supposed to try the uh, chloroquinoquin. Yep. Can I just go get it. that? And, like, walk? I can't go anywhere, but can somebody just get that at Walgreens? <laughs> I'm not positive. I am honestly not positive. I, got, I started a war, though. We, we almost got into it. Man, my fucking mentions on uh, my Twitter were... I was uh, I was deep in your Instagram comments Wait, what do you last mean, though? night like on that war- post, Pat. Are people saying, like, what do you... I want to know what they're... What are people upset about on both sides? I don't get it. So, first of all, thank you to everybody that sent me messages. I... I like take a nap. I wake up. Yesterday, I had 60 text messages. Jeez. Okay. That normally happens whenever I do something stupid on TV or I go, but like maybe something terrible happens to somebody I know. I'll get like not normally do. And I'm somebody that reads all my texts. I got messages from so many people, people I haven't talked to in forever saying, hey, hope you're all right. Let me know if you need anything. Let me know if you need anything. I'm like, thank you so much. And then on Twitter and on Instagram, so many people saying nice things. I appreciate Everybody being incredibly nice. That was very, very cool. People that I haven't talked to in a long, long time, long, long time sent me messages that I didn't think even knew I still existed or cared about my existence. It was very nice. That was very cool. Now, the other people that responded to those tweets (laughs) and to that Instagram, it seemed like they did want to get their agendas across. Uh, It was was very loud. It was very loud. Gumpy. I, I... I almost had to get out of there because I thought I was going to make my COVID worse from how toxic it was. <laughs> oh, man. It was fucking like everyone, no one even, like there was a lot of comments like, get better, get better. And then you just hit a stretch where it was just fucking mayhem. And every comment had another five comments on it from other people. It was chaos in there. I learned a lot, you know, that because I'm vaxxed. <laughs> I don't have. I didn't have to go to the hospital. You know, a lot of people oh. were tweeting me, but then I saw a lot of people tweeting at 104 and a half degree fever. His ass should be in the fucking hospital. So it's yeah. like, I guess I am quite a uh, anomaly in this situation that has caused quite a conversation. AJ, quite a talk. So are, are people upset at you for getting COVID, or are they upset like some? I, okay, I shouldn't even. Why do I even care? It doesn't. There's no like rational thought. Well, Pat, no. People people are utilizing me getting COVID while being fully vaxxed and getting 104 and a half degree fever yesterday okay. as either their reason for why you don't get vaxxed, which, by the way, I, if it's worse than this and vax has slowed it down, get vaxxed, by the way, because I've been miserable here. Or people have been saying, that's why I'm not getting vaxxed. This motherfucker got vaxxed. And then a lot of people are saying he's probably forced to get vaxxed, which I don't know if that's true or not. But a lot of people are saying this guy got vaxxed. He's still got 140. I mean, it was a war, AJ. A full war in there. Did Cole Beasley text you to ask for you to come <laughs> on and feature on his told you this vax was bullshit diss track? Or was that not one of the texts? I saw he was in the booth, by the way. I saw he was in the booth. You know, he's um, I'm excited to hear that remix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fire. Who's he mad at? He said they got me too, but then uh, I'm still out for five days. Even I mean, it is this COVID thing's wild. It's just it's an annoying feeling. Yeah. It is very very annoying. I will say. Hey, maybe Andy Luck comes back to the Colts and turns <laughs> turns the mood around, huh? How about that? That's the first time I've seen him around football, right? AJ, you said that's something what I said. Yeah, I was reading through your reading through some of the shit that happened earlier. Whenever I was asleep. 
he was a guy that just disappeared after he retired. I was on. They asked me to come on Sports Center the day after he retired, and they're like, uh, "Do you think he comes back? Do you think blah blah blah?" And literally, I was like, "If if Andrew's retiring like this, I think he's just going to disappear. Like I think I think Andrew's going to disappear. He seems like a guy that I, I don't know him uh, that well. Okay, I just know him as a teammate. He was too nice of a person, I thought, but he is a guy who you know kind of low key like he's a hippie kind of you know he rides bikes around indianapolis indiana he mm-hmm. loves ipas like this guy like he's not doing something just to cause attention to himself like that is the last thing andrew luck would do so when he retired i was like yo this guy's probably fucking gone if i had to guess then he has vanished completely vanished yeah. every year when the colts have quarterback issue everybody thinks hey andrew's coming back jimmy with the colts might be able to get andrew back <laughs> with the Colts or whatever, and I'm always like, nah, nah, Andrew seems to be happy. He got $25 million from Jim Irsay because Jim Irsay, awesome owner, as opposed to those scumbags up in Detroit. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know what – him going to that practice, wearing those zipper-off shorts. Oh, yeah. Pants, oh, yeah. Um, because I assume he went hiking out there, you know, and that's – I guess that's hiking gear as opposed to just high school gear. But him getting back into the swing of practice and football practice – is he coming back? Is he asked for it too. Hey, it wasn't like he was just such a nice guy and some high school coach called him and said, hey, can you come speak to the team? Like, I'm sure you get asked to go talk to high school teams or whatever, or whatever level it may be. I, it seems like from what I heard, like Andrew reached out to the coach and said, hey, can I come do something at practice? Can I come check practice out? And, and then he pill. goes up there and he's slinging balls and they're all trying to get interceptions off of him. And by the way, nobody threw – he didn't throw any picks. So this guy, even other high schoolers – Right, that's going to happen. Andrew's throwing to high school wide receivers as well through no picks. What if this son of a bitch is ready to go? You know, and the problem is, what if he was waiting for the Colts to find their guy, pay him a hundred million so he could go elsewhere? You know, like Carson Wentz, you know, he's getting a hundred million or whatever from us. Seems like he's all the way back. Him and Frank love each other. Ba 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 ba. What if Andrew's coming back and looking to go somewhere else? They I have his not. rights, right? Yeah, they do. We do. So they'd have to like trade him like Gronk, like they did Gronk and the Patriots, or what? Yeah. Yeah, just like me, by the way. Much different. It's going to take a lot more, I assume. But Chris Ballard has come out on numerous occasions and said, hey, I heard you were thinking about blah, blah, blah. Well, they would have to trade for you. And that's going to be very tough, is what Chris Ballard said. I I assume the same for Andrew Luck. Jim Irsay told me at the end of our hour-and-a-half conversation in his office when I told him I was retiring, and he had a vape and smoke was coming out of his face, you know, and he, brother, you know, he was like, if you ever kick a ball again, you're going to be wearing a horseshoe on your head or whatever. I was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to do it, man, or whatever. I assume he said the same thing to Luck. But what does he do now with Carson? And what if Luck does want to come back? I never thought he would. But I also didn't expect him to want to go to a practice and do stuff in high school. I just, he, I hope for the sake of NFL, we get a chance to see him play football again because he was so fucking good at football. It was so much fun to watch him play football, but I, up until this point, I thought there was no chance. I mean, Colts fans would hate to hear it, but he, if he is in Colorado, he's got the Stanford connection with John Elway. Is it possible that the Broncos, after this year, are like, hey, listen, Teddy and Drew Locke are okay, but if we can get a fucking Ferrari and Andrew Luck, let's bring him in. Well, he's not just a Ferrari, he's a Ferrari SUV. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. true. He's, he's a Big son of a bitch, AJ. I don't think anybody any, – I was trying to look at his size there in that high school thing. Looked a little thin there from the side, obviously. But 
he is a monster of a man, AJ. Giant. He has a. I, I wonder what size helmet he wears. He has a giant, powerful head, man. He really does. Well, and how long would it take him to actually get into football shape? Like, I feel like it wouldn't take him two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. He remember after he retired, he showed up back and he was just absolutely yoked. Like that was yeah. like not even a month later. Great shoes, Gumpy. By the way, great shoes. Wore those at SmackDown as well. I'm happy we, uh, you and me, have the same pair. Uh, they're crowd pleasers. But yeah, he. With the Colts, there was a couple times he would show up and it looked like he was either really small and then a couple months would pass or a month or two would pass and he would be a yoked up Popeye. Then yeah. there's always those photos that show up of him in the offseason on like a bike or whatever and his arms are just yoked or what He is. I assume he could put that weight back on if he had to, but if he ends up at the Broncos after Peyton ended up at the fucking Broncos and they'll only show him in Broncos uniforms, boy, that'd be tough for Indiana. How old is Andrew right now? 31, I think. That's what I was, I was thinking, probably 31, 30. So young. Hopefully his body's feeling good, too, after all this rest, you think? I mean, I mean that's why I know I maybe we may be making a bigger deal than we should, <laughs> but the fact that he wanted to go be around football and actually throw the ball makes me think, like, all right, he doesn't hate football, that's for sure. Yeah, bingo. And he's also speaking about football to this high school kids, right? I don't, unless he's giving a life speech. Did it just get like a horror film in my room? Oh, yeah. Here? Super uh, dark. Yeah. What happened? Lights went but out. Yet, if he's speaking to those kids about football, he has to have some sort of itch, right? I would think, unless he just loves being around it and wants to go be a volunteer coach with that high school or something moving forward. But that means like, hey, I, I want to get back into it. Oh, maybe I get back into it and I realize – you know, maybe next, like, March, I tell people, you know, I, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a comeback. That'd be sweet. I would love it. I heard I heard he's enjoying the hell out of his family life from people that talk to him. I've heard he's enjoying the hell out of life away from everything. you got to remember, he's been in the spotlight basically his entire life, not just because of who his dad is, which is an incredibly accomplished businessman and sport and everything like that, but also he was the next John Elway ever since, like, his freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have said he has enjoyed his time like just living almost like away from everything and he enjoys his family he has a house here still in india i guess i think is what people say but if he gets back into football i will be pumped about it to watch him but i know there will be a bunch of colts fans that are not thrilled not thrilled at all about it AJ. hey i know uh i know you weren't uh, on the team with him for a super long time but what was he like as like did he hang out with guys was he relatable to teammates like how did his teammates feel about him yeah so i posted a picture of him naked so, uh, <laughs> other than you, how do the get, other teammates feel? About I didn't get invited to a lot of his things. God, it's a shame. A lot of people say like, "Oh, you're an idiot for doing it." It's like I agree. I almost got fired, and I think the guy hated me forever. But, <laughs> I did hear his parties were a blast. Uh, I did hear they were. Good. I mean, they're much different. I've heard from other potential quarterbacks' parties. Mm-hmm. I think you know, but everybody liked them. I liked them. Everybody liked them. How are they everybody, different? What do you mean? What's that? <laughs> what do you mean they're different? I was invited to one of them. It was like, um, you know, ping pong. He loves ping pong. There's like, he's, I mean, there were good times. I mean, it wasn't like nightclubs, you know what I mean? It was like different things. He, um, he was liked by everybody, loved by everybody. He was too nice, though. Does that make sense, you say, AJ? Are you saying like he wasn't able to hold guys accountable like, say, Peyton could? Well, I don't know if he wasn't able to hold. I think he had it inside of him, and allegedly towards the end there, he was getting a lot more because Chris Ballard was, like, forcing him to. Allegedly, Chris Ballard was like, hey, you need to start saying more about who and how and why. 
is what Chris Ballard came in and told him. Like, hey, we need to start hearing more from you about who you like, who you don't like, why, how, and things like that. So allegedly, this is me not in the building. This is just from people in the building who have told me that Chris Ballard was much, very much like, hey, Luck, need you to start becoming a little bit more involved in some things that maybe you don't want to get involved in. Because I think Luck always believed, like, I'm a player. The coaches will coach. Front office or front office. I'm just going to do my thing because that's what you're taught in high school, college, everywhere, right? But in the NFL, if you're a quarterback, like you got to be, like you have earned the right. You are the president of an operation. Like you have to be a little. And this is just my opinion. This is my opinion from watching Peyton and then hearing stories of other places. Now I can't believe they didn't let Aaron do this because I thought you had to do this. But like, I think the quarterback should have a say in who he has on his team because ultimately in the end he's going to have to be the one that's going to have to go out there and get there. When I was with Andrew, he was just super nice, super kumbaya, all good, everybody's good, whoever you want, however you want, all good and everything like that. And I, for one, was like, hey, you need to fucking tell somebody, like, this guy stinks. I don't want him here anymore. I don't care where he was drafted. I don't care how much we paid him. I don't want him here. And now, I don't know if I'm the right guy to be telling anybody that because I'm just the most like, oh, yeah, everybody's great. Everybody's great. <laughs> yeah. God. But I think I think that is the biggest thing in my eyes that I watched from Andrew that was his only negative. He was incredible at football. He was smarter than everybody. He was well-prepared. I've told the story of the, his first day at practice OTAs. He had to go graduate architectural engineer after getting draft number one overall, so he missed a couple weeks of OTAs. The first day he was there, he already knew the entire offense, made a check in the fucking rest of the offense. Bruce Aarons was like, whoa, 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 we are not there yet. Like, we are not there yet. So it's like he had everything for him to be the greatest. I personally just thought he wasn't a big enough dick, if that makes sense. Well, and to that point, I mean, you could make the case that he'd still be playing here if he would have done that sooner and been like, hey, I'm tired of getting knocked on my ass 60 times every game. Like, we need to address the offensive line and do some shit to protect me. You know, I don't get a lot of credit for a lot of things, you know, but I feel like I was on the, uh, hey, Andrew needs to be a little bit more of a dick train a lot longer than everybody else. And then when he retired because of some of the things he could have been a dick about, I thought to myself, like, Andrew's too nice of a guy. To, to a fault, too nice of a guy. But I wish you would have told somebody, like, hey, this guy stinks. All right? <laughs> and whenever he, people would hit him and he'd say, hey, nice hit, I wish he would say, like, hey, fuck you. And I wish he would have told his offensive line, like, hey, you need to stop letting this guy kill me. You know? But he's just such a nice guy, AJ. He's such a nice guy. Well, that's. I think that's why people are kind of surprised and impressed by like what we're hearing about Mac Jones in New England. Doesn't it seem like that dude came in and has grabbed control of that offense? He's talking trash to the defense, to opposing teams in practice. Like he seems very, very comfortable in that role. Which I guess when you look at him, you don't think that. I wonder if that's McDaniel's, right? Because Connor, tell me, riddle me this, Connor. Aren't yeah. McDaniel's and Mac Jones like eating dinner together and shit? Yeah, there were reports that before training camp, Mac and McDaniel's had a nice little get together, a little soiree over at McDaniel's house, some wine, some nice little, you know, meat, what? meat, yeah, pork chops, wine, beer, wine, more pork chops, wine. Right. Right. Uh, they they were having beer. a good time. And uh, the report today uh, was that he actually did take more reps in the 11 on 11s with the ones than Cam Newton did. So there might be a little turn of the tide now that uh, Cam has kind of had that little five-day hiatus. Well, Andy beat the shit out of the Giants, right? Like, they're saying, like, yeah, perfect day almost yeah. for Mac Jones. But I, to AJ's point, 
him like demanding accountability out of people, I'd assume McDaniels told him, like, you're young, but you're a quarterback in the NFL. All mm-hmm. right. This is we're only gonna go as you're gonna go. If you want something, you gotta do it. Or maybe this is how he's always been. I'm not sure, but if you got a quarterback doing that already, I mean the rest of the team appreciates that. Like the rest of the team like appreciates that, I think. Don't you think, AJ? Yeah, they appreciate it and they respect the fact that he has the balls to do it. Like a lot of times you, you come in, a quarterback's completely different than every other position. But when someone comes in with especially like he's not like the he's not the Zach Wilson, you know, Moxie guy, like a swag king. He's not that guy, well, but he is in his own way. Like he has his own Mac, whatever he is, his unique authenticity i think is kind of translating you hear that from slater and all these other big time mm-hmm. teammates that seem like they only have good things to say about him that slater promo about mac jones connor yeah just be splooging all over <laughs> yeah massive absolutely soiling my loins but that that's the reason that i think it's gotta be mac is because if he already has the respect of slater and like the leaders on the team and to your point about mcdaniels mcdaniels is telling him to act one way that's one thing if his team's actually responding to him acting that way as like the guy the starter the dude who's going to be the face of the franchise i feel like that goes such a long way and you know it obviously it's a bummer for cam but cam knows he's on a one-year deal that he's a placeholder if he is that number one guy and now that you know mac has clearly proven himself throughout these joint practices and you know running laps with the old line and doing stuff like that it just seems more and more likely every day that he's going to be walking out there week one i wonder i wonder i thought uh, don't I was get your be nips in the shot what's that buddy I said don't get your nips in the shot they'll take us down off of youtube we're gone you're demonetized already what fuck um I was thinking maybe it was going to be a generational thing, though, that there wasn't going to be assholes anymore. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Maybe there'd be more of them because they come up. If you come up, I'm not saying this about Mac, but other people, if they come up kind of entitled, don't you think there's more people that feel entitled now, like coming up if you're a star? Yeah, I agree. But I like, I don't know. Like, we listened to Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler was great for us. But I haven't really heard anything about him. Like, well, I guess they say he gets fiery and everything like that. But I think like a big part of being quarterback is you got to be like uh, your presence. Like a, you got to have a presence yeah. about you. Like, there's something about it. when you walk into the room. You know, they say like a dude commands the attention. Command, like, yeah. Most franchise quarterbacks, like they come in, you know, like you feel their presence there. Like you need that if you want your quarterback to be an elite guy. I think. Yeah, I agree. I want my guy to be a fucking asshole. Which is why but, it's awesome. Like, when he but, should, like, yeah, yeah, like when he when it when it's time to be that guy, I guess on the field you don't want him to, yeah, it's a it's a tough gig, it really is. That's why it's so impressive to hear. How did how did Green Bay not want Aaron to, like I don't understand how you guys had so much success over there without your quarterback having any say in anything. Been asking understand. that for years, Pat. <laughs> well, years shows you how good Aaron is, really, don't you think? Yeah. I think so. Hey, I'll deal with whatever you guys give me or whatever, I guess. But, like, I I legit – and maybe it was because I saw Peyton, the way Peyton operated. But, granted, it was at the end of Peyton's run whenever with the Colts I saw. I just assumed that all those elite guys, you know, like, why would you not want their brains? Do you people – Hey, do you ahead. worry about uh, Trevor Lawrence when it comes to stuff like this? Like, he is he that guy? Is he that fiery guy that they need? Like, when you need your quarterback to be that person? Well, that's when I was watching his interviews the other day before Monday Night Football. He was so congrats to him, by the way, being named starter. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Big surprise. Yeah. That stinks for Gardner Minshew. That guy committed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't poop yeah. for fucking two months. So that bad boy up. It's like me. <laughs> yeah. So you have it. You, you need to take some uh, stool softeners, right? Isn't that what people do? Five or one. Laxative. I'm not eating anything though. Like I can't. I'm not eating. Anything. I'm. Not, I don't really want to eat anything. You know what I mean? You're not hungry, or it makes you sick when you eat. I'm not hungry at all. But Damn. I got a text from Shane Leckler. Shane Leckler sent me a text and was like, uh, "Hey, if your fat ass loses uh, taste or whatever, just start eating healthy." I lost 20 pounds in two weeks because I was eating healthy <laughs> for the first time in my life. I start dying. <laughs> Like the most Shane Leckler text of all time. Like, hey, fat ass, just wanted to make sure you're all right, you know. But um, I was watching Trevor Lawrence's interviews before Monday Night Football. Seems like the coolest guy of all time. Seems like yeah. the coolest dude of all time. Very accomplished. I loved the way he talked about everybody. But I had to wonder, it seems a lot like luck here. You know, like this seems like mm-hmm. a lot like luck. Will he have the ability? And will Urban Meyer even want him to? Since he's doing all that college bullshit I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, well, Urban Meyer even want Trevor to be that type of guy because that's not how it is in college at all. Would Trevor Trevor even know that that's how he's supposed to be because he's in a college like Ryan? I don't know, you know? I think Urban would, would welcome that. I think any coach would welcome their quarterback kind of taking the reins and, and taking over, don't you think? Not in Green Bay. Yeah. Well, I'm talking on the field. Not, not in New England. Hell no. On the field, though, like being that person on the field and in the meeting room, not up with the execs working on personnel. Peyton would get people uh, either jobs or cut from the field. He wouldn't even have to walk up to the, uh, you know, I think Bill Polian knew exactly what he, I think that's why Bill came to every practice, just so he could listen to what Peyton said. And all right, he fucking hates this guy. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> seems to like that. What did he just say? Loves it. All right. We didn't expect him to make the team, but fuck it. Peyton seems to like him. Let's do it. I, I just, I, I don't. I don't fully understand how some of these places operate, but if luck comes back and he's not a cult, golly, this place will cry. AJ. Well, I mean, what? let's say Carson Wentz comes out there. He's healthy. He plays week one, has a great year, just rolls through the competition, makes a run deep into the playoffs, and then Andrew decides to come back. Then what do we do? Okay, so think about this. Nobody ever talks about this with Ursay's decision to cut Peyton Manning, right? Because he cut Peyton Manning. And that is something that should be remembered by every NFL player that ever signs up to play in the NFL and gets to the NFL. Peyton Manning got cut. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is insane to think about. But he was also coming out of that. He, I don't think he could grip a football fully. Yeah. That nerve, yeah, nerve the, damage. Yeah. We didn't nah. know if he could throw, right? Yeah. Nobody knew. And also, it was during the thing when nobody we weren't allowed to talk to the team. Oh, was the lockout? During the, during the lockout. So, Ursa had to make this decision on, from what he has heard about where Peyton's at, I think there was like a $30 million bonus that was coming or something like that that would have been owed, and Andrew Luck is sitting there. Okay, so Jim Ursa had to make a very difficult decision. Like, that's the NFL. Billionaires are going to have to make difficult decisions. I mean, Ursa asked me if I was ready to make tough decisions whenever I decide to hang it up and run my own operation or whatever. Like, do you want to rent? a 747 and live like a sheik or do you want to go get a goddamn cruise ship down the caribbean there's some big decisions that have to be made i don't know he says but that was one of them imagine if carson does very well this year makes playoffs and then andrew's like hey i want to come back yeah and jim Irsay's like brother what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, would put awesome. him in a tough spot wouldn't it what's that 
It said it would definitely put them in a tough spot. But Pat, we're gonna we we have not taken a break yet in this hour, I believe, right, Z? We have not. All right, Pat, we're gonna go to break. You're definitely gonna come back on with us. We'll dial you back up after the break. Is that all right? You feeling good? You look good. AJ just I appreciate that. I feel good. I, at what point am I allowed to just go roam in public and be in a unicorn? Is that now? Today, right? This afternoon, I think. I'll tell you what. People are going to look at me differently now, though, I think, you know? No, uh, now they're going to be, like, pumped. Like, I think your worry should be, oh, shit, people might come up and hug me because they know that I'm an unicorn yeah. and that I, I can't transfer anything. For all football season, by the way. Hell um, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Let's go, AJ. Hey, there's that's a, a new, nice, there's firm a new cowboy. You, too. I like that. you could swim in it right now for all, like, after the, after you you got the vax and you're in Unicorn, you could swim in a pool of COVID-19 and be fine. Hey, so sorry to interrupt this conversation. That's cooking right now. Yes, it is cooking. Uh, everyone always talks about how important it is to get a good night's rest, don't they? Mm-hmm. Hey, you need a good, good night's sleep. I didn't get a great night's sleep last night. And it was, by the way, this morning we could tell, but then the energy of the day kind of mm-hmm. got after it. But people for your entire life have been saying, hey, make sure you sleep one hey, night. Hey, get a good night's sleep. Need to get a good night's sleep. Make sure you get a good night's sleep tonight. But it's not always as easy as people just saying get a good night's sleep, especially if you're like me, where your mind is always thinking, mind is always going. Maybe you're thinking about tomorrow. Maybe for whatever reason, you just can't fall asleep. That happens to a lot of us. And CBDMD has come through with something called CBDPM that puts you out like a light. Like a light. Slip through the flight. That's why the folks at CBDPM created CBD. Our CBDMD created CBDPM to help you get the rest you deserve and feel your best every morning. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of superior CBD with sleep-promoting ingredients like melatonin, what? valerian root, what? and chamomile to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. So whether you're up late with the kids, pets, or existential dread, you can turn to CBDPM and get the rest you need to handle anything that comes your way. I use it. Nick is a big-time proponent of it. Uh, I believe there's a couple others in the office that use it on a nightly basis. Some guys get into it whenever they need to reset their sleep cycle. But I've been very thankful for CBDMD, CBDPM. Uh, it's something I, I legitimately use. I think you will enjoy it as well if you're not a great sleeper. But also CBDMD has a bunch of other products, whether it's uh, for soreness, mm-hmm. uh, for anything else. I mean, they legitimately got a bunch of CBD, superior CBD products. And right now you can get 25% off your next order. It's almost a, a quarter there, dude. Damn near. When you go to CBDMD.com, CBDMD.com, and you use promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, you'll get 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. Big thanks to CBDMD for being a hell of a partner with this show and also for creating products that directly affect my life, like the sleep one, because if not, I'm up all goddamn night. Back to the show. <laughs> So, boys, I don't know exactly how you feel about this, but when I saw Andrew Luck, obviously always dressed to the nines, looks mm-hmm. amazing. I yeah. love this dude. Everything about him, the, the half, like his his stubble that he always has, his half beard, his hairs always seems to be ruffled about. The dude is just an absolute giant of a human, too, that these pictures don't show. Andrew Luck in person is a big old dude, and he took a lot of damage while he played, a big reason why he, was, he stepped away. But does this get you guys so... For people that don't know, Andrew was out in Colorado, I guess. He decided to, to contact the head coach of a high school team and wanted to come back and, what, join him at practice or just help on him work on some things? Do you guys know exactly what he was doing? I mean, he joined him because he was throwing, I believe, uh, seven on seven, right? in 7-on-7. Seven seven. Yeah, apparently he almost threw an interception to somebody, just throwing <laughs> that out there. But I think the last wow. thing – oh, look at those shorts. Yeah, he got yeah. the zip-off. 
pants shorts, absolute classics. <laughs> uh, but apparently, uh, or not apparently, I believe that the probably the worst thing for the Colts right now would be to bring back Andrew Luck for Carson Wentz. Is the whole guy's thing is that if someone's behind him, he kind of gets worried, or at least that's what happened uh, last year. Uh, but no, he's definitely not in football shape. It's not like you see him and you think, oh, that guy's about to make a comeback. I don't do know. You? I don't, I don't know. know. That's loose clothing. Not- I don't know. <laughs> He looks like a beanpole. Compared- I mean, he. Yeah, you never know exactly what he looks like. He. I would say it's better that gives a better chance coming back looking like this than if you gained fifty pounds. Don't you think? Yeah, for, for, absolutely. But he does. I mean, from that photo right there, he looks like the number one architect in the world. I don't know why you would leave that gig. <laughs> yeah, but like probably. As He's you, probably well on his way to that, don't you think, Diggs? Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, that was my favorite part about this whole thing is that he does have the zip-off pants <laughs> ready to go just in case, like, during 7-on-7, seven seven, he got a little too hot or, like, things got ratcheted up too much and he had to fucking zip off the bottoms. He was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but what do you think made him want to jump out and do this? It's unbelievable. I have a lot of respect for how he could walk away and then just – basically disappear like he i don't know where he's living exactly what he's doing because the guy does not he doesn't pop up like this is the first time i've seen him pop up in a long time this is definitely the first time i've seen him pop up where he's doing something football related right yeah definitely i mean i'm sure he just woke up in the morning was like fuck i want to spin it today so bad (laughs) who can i call maybe I mean, no one's going to turn him down. I think he's he was probably watching old Siciliano on NFL Network recording live from from different camps. He's like, man, I can still spin this thing. I bet that's probably a good point. You think Andrew Luck watches NFL Network? I, he may he may not even know that there is an NFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with you a thousand percent. To your point, though, he might have seen Cicliano spinning the rock somewhere on NFL Network, but it, it just it, I don't think he's you know coming back anytime soon. It's good to see him though. I'm I'm glad he's doing well and he looks healthy. I mean, I'm saying he, next year. I'm not saying right now. This no. year, I'm saying this gave me hope because I'm a big Andrew Luck fan. Like, hey, maybe he's just trying to get a feel for it, see what's going on. But he has like. If he hated football, he wouldn't go throw with these high schoolers. I'm sure I'm making a much no. bigger deal out of this than I should. I don't but know. Hey, no, I get excited. I'm a big fan for you. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, this is definitely something like if if he had an itch and then went to seven on seven and threw, like that itch is only going to grow for him to come back and play. Why do you love Andrew Luck so much, though? I don't know. I think when he got drafted, like when he came out, I was like, I feel comfortable right now paying this dude, making him my franchise QB yeah. before he really even played. And definitely after he went through his rookie year, I felt really comfortable. Okay, the Colts got their guy for sure. I don't know why. I just I, I love guys that are uniquely like themselves and authentic. And I think Andrew is that guy. He's he's so unique and different and weird, and he's so good at football at the same time. And he's so tough. I think that's a big reason why I have a lot of respect for him. Like that dude's tough as nails, man. Like he's getting blasted, complimenting the guys, helping him up during a game. Like I just like. How he kind of carries himself? How he, what he rides his bike around and oh yeah, carries oh, yeah. a book in his back pocket. Like what a what a unique dude for the whole NFL landscape. There's not a whole lot of guys like that. Well, and this is kind of like uh, similar to like the Favre situation, right? After he retired, he went down to that high school at, in Mississippi and was like, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna sling it around the yard a little bit mm-hmm. and completed a few passes and was like, shit, I still fucking got it. I'm gonna go back and play, and that? that's what happened. Yeah, he said, I'm going to come back. And they said, sorry, boss, we moved on. We have Aaron Rodgers here. I was there during that time, and he was uh, traded to the Jets right then. No, I thought this was after, like, the well, maybe it was. I thought that was, like, the the, the second quasi-retirement where then he came back and went to the Vikings. I I don't quite remember, but I know he was down in Mississippi breaking kids' fingers at a high school practice, Mm -hmm. throwing them bullets. He was coaching, I think, or he was going to practice. His nephew, I believe, was the quarterback down there at his uh, his alma mater. I think his brother may have, Brett's brother may have been the coach. 
Um, and his his uh, nephew could sling it, I guess. I think they won the state championship. Yeah, he was when the Brett OC. was out there. Like so, yeah. Who knows? Like, is that what reignited his fire and ties equating that to Andrew Luck going to this seven on or this high school practice? Well, you see you the young know. kids, and you just can feel how much they love the game. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that reinvigorates you. It reminds you why you wanted to play initially. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going through the same thing right now, yep. coaching your kids. It's like fuck. I'd love to play on Sundays again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, man. You're right. When I'm around <laughs> these these little kids, these eight to ten year olds, and we're doing tackling drills, you know what? Sometimes I do want to get in there and strap a helmet on. But yeah, it'd be nice to be able to hit somebody right now. And even at the same time, it'd be nice to get hit. You know, when you when you take a big shot and you you realize you're fine. I think that's a good feeling. I think kids all need to get that. I, we talk about that mm-hmm. when the kids are coaching. They'll get blasted and something will happen. I'm like, hey, man, pop up. And then you look at them like, you all right? And they say, yeah, okay, well, you're not going to get that hit that hard very often. And look, you're fine. Like, there's, what's the worst that can happen? you got all these pads on. You're going to be fine. I think that's what's cool about football when kids realize, oh, I can take these big shots that look really bad, but I'm going to be fine coming out the end, hopefully. Yeah, definitely don't put the pads on and absolutely eviscerate kids on your Clemson team because that would be probably the worst case scenario. But do you think like players ever lose that? Like I feel like no matter what, like even Vrabel right now, if he could put the pads on, he would. If he does, yeah, he does. does. Vrabel's still sticking his head in there with the D lineman and O lineman and goes to pro days and he's he's working these these guys out with his hand putting his hands all over these dudes getting headbutted in the forehead i was i used to work out with Vrabel back in the day and he came in one day and he had the biggest like his face had exploded his nose was five times the size he had the biggest like black eye. His whole face was black I'm like man what happened and he's like ah carter my son took i was pitching to him uh, he took a fastball directly off his bat right back at me and he was like i wasn't 60 feet away either but it was <laughs> nasty he took a a brutal shot but that's brave was like ah, he was fine he was working out everything's all good and he was laughing about it so it's not surprising that he throws his head around in there with d lyman in the nfl when they have helmets on and he obviously is in his coaching gear well, and clearly, like to the, our guest yesterday, Bobby Carpenter, he might make a comeback, you know, Bobby. any any day now, just because you know he feels like he stays ready, and he still like he still works out and practices with Ohio State. It, yeah. it just seems yeah. like you never really lose that itch, and maybe do you, Connor? You know, uh, you played Please. high school for seven years. Did you did you lose that itch? I put the pads on Dan near every night just to feel like what it was back in the day. I'll throw my helmet on and you know shove it into a wall just to get that invigorating feeling again you know so maybe andy luck does come back next year and start slinging it for the colts again that's right old andy luck and bubby carpenter right (laughs) yeah andy and bubby i mean they would be a dynamic duo maybe bubby switches to running back and he he makes a play maybe a tebow s switch i don't if bobby's playing tailback and he's well, Bobby's lean now, but he's still gigantic. I don't want to try to take that dude down. So, yeah, hey, maybe if he gets out there in bowl practice with the Buckeyes, he can get the ball. Maybe they'll let him get the ball in his hands a few times. <laughs> he can really show those coaches what he can do on the offensive side of the ball, I guess. Oh, yeah, but they might be nervous. You know, they don't want Bobby Carpenter taking out every single starting linebacker D lineman as he runs through them. You know, that, that would probably be a situation like you practicing with your kid's team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't – I wouldn't do that. Bobby would – he would – he would physically assault a lot of people on the football field, I'm sure, if he was out there with the Buckeyes. But talking about people getting knocked out, what is Jake Paul doing? So Jake oh. Paul fights Tyron Woodley this weekend in Cleveland, his hometown, at the basketball arena, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Sunday night. Man, so that's good. It's Sunday night. Oh, cool. So that's going to be, I assume it's sold out. Do we know? I would assume uh, so. 
I think there's a, I was looking at some tickets the other day. There's still some available. Ooh. What are the odds? What are the odds on this fight? You got uh, Jake Paul is minus 215. Tyron Woodley plus 164. Okay. Wow. Ty- so Jake Paul, I know he's out there. They had like open workouts. Who knows? I know people feel real strong one way or the other about Jake Paul and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, he gets people to watch boxing for some reason. And I, we had him on the show uh, a week or two ago, I know. But he was, I know he's already setting up his next fight. Like he is. Is he Conor McGregor of the these like YouTube boxers? He was talking trash on Jorge Masvidal and saying he wants to knock him out next, didn't he? Yeah, which is in- interesting just because Jorge Masvidal was helping him prepare for the Askren fight, but Masvidal and Woodley share the same manager or something, so now he's kind of talking shit on Masvidal. I, I'm not going to say he's biting off more than he could chew because who knows? He might come out and knock Tyron Woodley out right away, and you know that, that could go that way, and then he has to fight Masvidal, but... You got to think he has some sort of confidence because it is boxing and these guys are UFC dudes and he wouldn't just be running his mouth for no reason. Well, and I think it's hard. Like, he he told us, like, he's a big fucking dude. He's yeah. bigger than Lo- – like, I mean, Masvidal and uh, Woodley, they were both welterweights, right? Like, those guys fought at 170 pounds. So, like, you know, I mean, granted, it's a, it's a catchweight fight. But also, like, I think everyone wants him to lose so badly – what is he minus two thirty? Like that's massive liability if he if he were to lose. Like I think there's a reason he's that big of a favorite. Yeah, he's two fifteen. Tyron Woodley's one sixty four. I put in a little bit on the dog just because like you have no idea what's going to happen in this fight. So if you're going to give me plus money, I'll I'll take some of it. And Tyron, if people have watched Tyron when he yeah he's not what he used to be, but man. The dude is explosive. He yeah, looks, I, he looks in great shape. Did yeah. you see the workouts? Woodley's as- oh, yeah. actually also in shape. He's not like a sack of bones like Askren was walking in there, dude. Like, come and on. Woodley's always been like a much better striker than Askren. I mean, Ben Askren was yeah. known like he, he wasn't much of a striker. Woodley Woodley's, yeah, he's always, always pretty jacked. So who knows if people are – I would assume it'll get big numbers. Speaking of things that people – a lot of people don't care about what's going on with Ronaldo. He's switching teams. <laughs> uh, it's almost done from the sounds of things. They want $25 million for him, but Man City's trying to just give them a player instead because they don't want to pay $25 million for a guy who's almost 37 years old. But if that gets done, he grew up playing for Manchester United. Manchester will absolutely explode, AJ. So it, let me know, is Ronaldo still – I know he's 37. Is he still – like when mm-hmm. he's playing, is he the best player on the field? He's still got the juice. He's still got it. He's Ronaldo. Yeah. So he, he legit is still scoring goals, still making plays. He's never a liability? No, not at all. He'll be, okay, he'll be good. very good for Man City. How many, so has he just been the uh, – he's been like the best soccer player for the last 15, 20 years? Like it seems like forever. Yeah, it's been him and Messi forever. And now they're both on different teams. And they just had the Champions League draw, and PSG and Man City are in the same group. So Messi and Ronaldo possibly play each other in the Champions League as well. I would love to know how you keep track of all of this stuff. <laughs> the different leagues, they move around. There's no offseason. They seem to play 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. They're on a different team depending on what time of the year it is. Like what? How in the world do you, do you keep it all aligned in your head? That's, what's that's what makes it so incredible what Messi and Ronaldo have done because there's no offseason, AJ. Like they literally just keep going and going. Like They probably take two, three weeks off a year. And they've been Don't they do- get hurt? Like, has any of them missed significant time with like ACLs or anything? No, Ronaldo missed a bit of time when he had COVID, but he was still like tra- training videos the whole time he had COVID, saying he was fine. Is Ronaldo a human? I watched that documentary <laughs> on him. That dude, like everything about it, like, he, didn't he have like kind of a tough upbringing? Or his dad pushed him hard, and he, he was like he was a stud. But 
his life now, like he is such an international superstar. Is is he like? Does he understand? Like I don't know. How is he with his teammates? Do his teammates all speak like? Do they always speak of him like people speak of Tom Brady? People used to not speak that well of him, but when Portugal won the, it was either the Euros or the World Cup. He came off hurt, and he basically like turned into the coach of the team, and that's when everybody was kind of like, "This guy's the man." Like he loves scoring goals, obviously the way he celebrates. That's how soccer players are when they score. But him and Messi have just had incredible careers, and they'll just keep going until they can anymore. They'll end up in the MLS when they get older, and they'll still do well over there. Hell yeah. Doesn't he try to? I feel like he is very secretive or very private, which is his right. Then he like some of his kids, like he doesn't say like who the mom is. There was a story that came <laughs> out that he something with like a bar waitress who oh, had yeah. a, had a kid, and he basically paid this woman a certain amount of money to have the kid, and he just oh. took the kid from her. That's a story. I don't know if it's true. Or well, not. wouldn't oh, you want to be private if you were slinging your salami all over the world and maybe <laughs> huh? had a bunch of kids like that Delivery Man movie with uh, Vince Vaughn? Starbucks. Starbucks. Wait, what is the Delivery Man movie? He like goes to a sperm bank and then like later finds out like he's the dad of like he's he's donated <laughs> sperm and he has like a thousand kids or something. It's a good movie. I do remember that. There's a real story. I was watching a, a so you know YouTube got me. There was a, a real doctor that was doing that. Where all of a sudden I realized. He was like a fertility clinic doctor, and they found out years later that this dude was just busting loads, and he was the dad of all these people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, AJ. Seems illegal to me, right? So he was contaminating the samples that they already had there? I think he was putting his samples in when they had, like, he was claiming it was other people's samples, but it was his samples, I guess, because he knew he was, he knew he had some powerful stuff, I guess. Can you stop saying, you know, he knew and just admit that it was you <laughs> and that you are actually the father of 800 people? I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. And did this, this guy's guy testes a, a, a weigh 65 doctor. pounds if he has like over a thousand kids? It I wasn't I mean, General Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby. This guy's like the, uh, the modern day Genghis Khan, isn't he? Didn't he father like... <laughs> 25,000 people or something. Oh, something like that. Yeah, he was also Legit, a uh, This person. guy oh, had yes. a... Yes. His granddaughter went to my high school, and uh, yeah, that dude's in prison for a long time. This is a real Oh, the story. guy this that was fathering all the kids from the fertility yeah. clinic? That was in Indiana? That's a Carmel, Indiana thing, yeah. And wasn't Jared Fogle right down the road, too? <laughs> Probably. Yes, he was. I don't know. You, you tell us. Happening? You used to hang out at his house all the time. He's on your no, speed, never, though. Never met him. You guys are the one that met him. You were in a VIP with Jared Fogle. No. No, 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 never. no, no, no. no that was Guy Fieri, and he spit in our face. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you tell me he really spit in your face? Basically. Metaphorically. Well, he was going to make one of you famous, though. Not one. Don't. Hey, listen. All of you. He, he basically said, Pat, you could come into the RVIP. Those fucking mutts over there. <laughs> Behind have to stay out. So did Pat go? Did Pat go join Guy and just wave at you from the VIP? Yeah, come on over here. I'll make you famous. Your mutt's got to stick over there in the corner. <laughs> Would you guys bust your way in there? You were probably the there, actually. It was the night before the derby. I thought I saw you fucking in the back, like, behind the guy, like, giving him a sign. Guy, take, <laughs> guy, take a picture of me, Guy, please. Yeah, that, there's a funny. video of you saying that. Not the night before, but the day of the Derby. I have seen Guy there a few times, actually. So I'm sure I probably saw him 12 hours after he was partying with you guys. Well, wasn't it TMZ posted that picture of you and him drinking donkey sauce out of two taps like at the bar? <laughs> I, it, I could have sworn Pretty you sure. sent me that. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. 
Obviously false, but first off, I don't know what donkey sauce is. I you don't know what donkey do. sauce yeah, is. That's Guy's signature sauce. I know Triple D, man. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's that's Guy to me, right? Gangster. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Triple G, too. What is that? Guy's Grocery Games. That's right. Oh, yeah. That is right. Is that still running? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think. I don't think. It's way more popular now than uh, Triple D, actually. Who is Guy's, uh, uh, who's his NFL team? I think I've Raiders. 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 Oh, the Raiders. I saw him in a Seahawks game, I feel like. Well, he's at he's at like damn near every game just because he is one of those sellouts that'll support whoever's on top. <laughs> Anytime he can get his face on camera, he'll be there. So, so we're big Guy Fieri show, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, love, love Guy. Thank you, Guy. Love Thank your you, Guy. Sauce. Thank you, Guy. Big Guy. I know Diggs is a big Mario Batali guy, but we're gonna move on and see what else is going on throughout the NFL. <laughs> you guys, so that the guy that- what did Dwayne Haskins say? Dwayne Haskins, you think he took a shot at Washington? Oh today? yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Diggs, you're a big Steelers guy. I this am. was definitely a compliment to Mike Tomlin, but also taking a shot. So Dwayne Haskins, I guess, was asked by a reporter whatever's going on. He said, I think that Coach Tomlin does a great job as far as giving you a scouting report of who you're playing that week. And then this is the part. I've never really had that before. Yeah, the, I, guess, I, don't, I don't think it's a compliment to Tomlin at all because you get, you get scouting reports in high school. You get scouting reports in junior high. Like there, There's no way this is true, AJ. Well, no, I, I took it as, I interpreted this as Dwayne saying, like, Tomlin has given me, as for the first time, like, a scouting report that actually helps me that, where it's not just like, okay, hey, this guy, this DN, 6'4", yeah. 285, long, rangy, doesn't like to bull rush. Like, that's the scouting report I assume that he claims he was getting, and now he's getting, like, real tips on this is what we need to do, this is how you can attack these certain guys, this is the matchup you want to look for. I assume it's just more detailed and is actually something that he could take to the field. I, I assume that every single NFL team did that. Did, do you not? Does that, is that not true? There's tons of scouting reports. Yeah, like starting Wednesday morning, they'll hand a bunch of them out, and usually even earlier than that, if you're the quarterback, you're, you're there meeting with the coach on, on Tuesday on the off day and going over game plan. Yeah, I guess some, some are better than others, though. A lot of coaches give tests like the night before a game to their position groups. Uh, different coaches, like how they try to make sure their guys know what's going on. And some coaches, that's a different. Some coaches want to give a test just to try to show, like, okay, who's not studying, who's not watching film, who's not prepared. And I think the good coaches, they try to give tests or they try to give information to their players that they can digest and use to help them make plays. And then when a player feels that and knows, like, hey, this guy can help me. Like, he's not doing this to punish me. He can help me. Everything he's doing is to make me – put myself in position to make plays where I can anticipate things in the field, then you trust that coach more and you'll you'll go with it. Maybe that's what Dwayne is saying right here. If you're a quarterback, though, isn't a lot of that on you? I mean, I know, yeah. like, I don't know if you know him at all or have heard anything, but, like, Pat talks about all the time, like, the amount of preparation that Peyton would put in, like, the week of a game, like, the truly elite guys, like, they're not relying on a scouting report to do everything, right? Like, they're dissecting stuff. They're trying to find stuff, watching film. Like, I feel like that's kind of a cop-out, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, yeah, especially, like, the the guys that have been doing it for a long time in the NFL. They have their own system, their own program, but they're working with their quarterback coach, their offensive coordinator, their head coach, and they're bouncing ideas off each other the whole time. But, yeah, they've already done – the majority of their study and they have their opinions on what they can do to attack them and then they get the game plan from the coach and they go with it and see see what you agree on what you disagree on so you're right when you're an nfl quarterback a lot of it is on you and your backups to uh to kind of maybe do some of the grunt labor that you may not have the time for so you can reference it i guess when you're looking at things but 
I don't know. Dwayne Haskins, does he have it? Is he going to make this team? Is he going to be the backup? Where, where are you guys at with that? I mean, it definitely seems like he's making the team if he's starting the last preseason well, game, right? Well, ben, or they want to showcase him. Ben and Mason Ooh. are not starting. So, and it's reporting that, that Mason is most likely 99% going to be the number two. Nice. Uh, I don't know if it is definite that he's going to make the team. I personally think he should make the team. But apparently, this last game with him and Dobbs is going to be probably the guy who's going to be number three. But. It would be will weird they, if will they be, keep three. No, I mean they'll keep him. What you could roster him, roster him, right? Not on the fifty-three. Can you practice? You could practice squad him. He's young. Is that still going? Do, how are the practice squad rules now? Are they still on the COVID rules where like anyone can practice squad? I don't know to be honest. I think they still have that rule where you can uh, send guys down and bring them up like three times. I think uh, during the season, and I think it's still it's is it not fifty five and. Did they not keep the 55? Well, and they increased the number of people that can be on the practice squad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've changed a bunch of rules. But with this, uh, back to the whole, like, warm-up kind of pregame, whatever, the prep for the game. Is he trying to say that at Ohio State you guys didn't do any – you guys didn't do any game planning. It was just go out there and let the talent take over, let the athletes be athletes. <laughs> just like, I don't know. Is he, is he taking a shot at Ryan Day and Urban Meyer here too? You think? Is that I, what you're reading? I, I mean, I don't know. You tell me. Are less, they are they doing thinky, that over there? Less thinky, more athlete, Dewey. Yeah, you yeah. know. Hey, yeah, we know Sirianni. Like, doesn't Sirianni give like super detailed game plans to his guys? I know Ty knows about that. I mean, I would imagine so. I'm hoping that we're going to get to figure out if he does give these. I'm sure we'll hear about it if he does. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee we will. AJ, I always figured like you would get a game plan or not a game plan or a scouting report or whatever to be like this team on third down loves to do this. Like I, I figured it always very detailed. I that was just my assumption. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely very detailed. But I think at least for myself personally. When I find something on my own or I, the, with the film study I would do and how I would want to study offenses and how they're trying to attack us, I, I always learn better, too, if like I if I saw it first. If I didn't read it, okay, here we mm-hmm. go. Third down, they like to do this, and then you try to like go find that. I, I don't know. I feel like when you find it out on your own, when you seek that and you, you kind of put together what you see before you get that game plan, I think that's beneficial because then you can kind of see which matches up. And it, I th- At least for myself, I have a lot better recall that way than just reading – and trying to remember what somebody had told me to put on like an outline, I guess. Yeah. What about school? You guys that way in school? You guys, oh, cram, you guys cram for tests? I mean, I don't know. This must be a, this might be a rough crowd to ask I how used, you guys handled schooling. But what do you I, mean? I never crammed. I was always studying basically after every class. It was like, okay, hey, we got a test in three weeks. We might as well start studying now or else we'll be screwed. <laughs> if I uh, <laughs> you're, you're setting up study groups, Connor? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh I was out. the leader of the study groups, AJ. You have no clue, dude. If I was handwriting notes, I retained stuff mm-hmm. a lot easier than if I was typing them like on a computer. That's a great point. That's exactly I, I think I've said that on here. I would always handwrite everything and when we would reinstall our off our defense, which twice a year usually in the spring and then back in in uh, training camp, I would rewrite everything, not be, just because that's how I retain it. That's how I remember. And I obviously can go back and look at it and reference it, but a lot of times when you write it down, if you're engaged and you're actually there and you're present, you'll for at least for me, I don't know how other people are. I remember it a lot better when I do actually physically write it down. I'm not sure if I, if I typed it up. Yeah, maybe I'd, I'd still get some of it, but probably not as much as I do physically writing. AJ, like the first practice of the week, did they like come out and have the scout team line up? in the other team's formations and then say, like, this is what they like to do out of these formations. And then, like, as the week went on, that you would actually practice again. Like, they would have the cards, obviously, and run that stuff. Yeah, it's like it's a progression. Like, your first meeting on Wednesday morning, they're going to go over the game plan, and different coaches would get up and present different things. Like, 
one coach would always be, hey, this is first and 10. This is what they're doing. All right, here's like second and medium. Here, this coach does red zone. They go over what their favorite things are. Usually coaches do a good job, the good ones at least, of narrowing it down to where it's like it's digestible. Because if you have four coaches presenting to a whole, a whole defensive room and they're telling you like what this, all these different segments, what they can do, it's tough to, to retain all of that. So they'd say, okay, out of this formation in the red zone, these are the three route combinations you're likely to get here on play side. And to the boundary, this is like what, what you may get. And then what you take it from there, you go to walk through. You walk through it. You get a look at it with no pads on and walking. And then you go have another walk through and your pads on. And then you practice that. And that's just Wednesday. And then you do that same thing Thursday, Friday, Saturday is like a quick walk through slash like feel good day. And then you hopefully you have all that locked in and you go into the game Sunday. Well, and they're going like how far back do they go? Like if you're playing a team week eight, are they going all the way back to week one to like dissect each and every you know situation like you were just talking about or they go like recency last three weeks this is what they've been doing versus Uh, the entire yeah each team has their own way but usually i know uh, a lot of teams will have like they'll break down like their four previous games so whoever they'll have those all broken down their segments and all the other games that they have played are out there but for this like game plan this report that they give you is usually on their four previous games depending on which staff is there uh but yeah they'll definitely if they have trick plays if they have things they ran say it's week 12 and week one they ran some weird crazy reverse they're going to show that to you all the tricks and gadgets that's another segment they usually go over on on fridays maybe you kind of go over all their weird plays they may run um but yeah it's that's the thing though how do you retain it every guy like every guy is different they want to tell you how you're supposed to study how you should learn i'm like well as a professional you got to figure out how you learn the best to where you're going to be out there in the field. Like the coaches aren't going to be there with you. Don't let them try to tell you how to learn it. You got to figure that out on your own from talking to other teammates. And that's what I did. I know how I learned the best. And I'd watch other guys and I'd ask them what they did. And then I would take the good and flush the bad and say, all right, well, now I know. A lot of, I'm sure you guys realize I, I learned a lot of things from seeing what not to do. Yeah. Like I have a lot of notes from my time in the league that I would write down of what not to do, like as a leader or as a coach, or if you're doing this. And I think a lot of times you learn the most when you see what you don't want to be and you see how players react when things uh, when a coach like presents something a certain way or handles a situation some way. When did you first get uh, issued an iPad for film? And did that change? Like, did that drastically change stuff moving forward? Guys are like, holy shit, this is incredible. It did change a lot because you, you have that with you at all times. You don't have to – before that, I mean, maybe when I got in the league, we first uh, – I don't think we had VHSs then. We were on DVDs, obviously. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but you'd have to go get a DVD made from like the film guy. Tell him, hey, can I get uh, can I get red zone, third medium, and goal line here and this? And then you'd have to like ask for it. And then you get an iPad. I don't know what year it was though exactly. Twenty twelve. Does that sound right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Probably around then. Would you watch like when you were watching film and you were playing? You know let's just say you're playing the Lions the next week, would you watch more so like the what the Lions are doing or would you watch the team that they're playing and what their linebackers were either screwing up or doing right? A little of both. Usually you're watching what the Lions are doing um, because depending on what that the, the other defense is doing, like it may be completely different from what you guys run. But if you do, uh-huh. that's one way coaches will break down film. If you have, let's say this team that you're playing – they played against another defense that had a very similar scheme to your defense. That You're going to watch that whole game. You're going to watch a lot of that because you want to see how they're trying to attack that scheme. So uh, that happens all the time. And you don't really watch individual players as much, like on the defense, if I'm trying to study their offense. But 
you're definitely aware of what they're doing, but you can sometimes get locked in, especially if there's multiple players in there and a, t- a defense is playing really bad and say your defensive guy's studying the film, like, man, these guys are garbage. What are they doing? We're not going to do this. Like, it doesn't matter. What, like, they weren't going to win no matter what they were doing, and guys love to just trash teams when they're playing bad, but that obviously isn't going to help you out too much on the field on Sunday, I guess. Well, didn't, everyone loves to trash the Lions. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who yeah, doesn't? Didn't you, oh, I'm not speaking Lions. Bro. Didn't you make sure. it a point, though, uh, whether or not you were playing against them? Like, you would watch every single one of Bill Romanowski's snaps until he retired, right? Just because I know you tried to emulate your game after him. Let me tell you something. So, <laughs> I read Romo's book. I read his book. Great book. Colorful character. I will see on this show. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Trend of the program. Lighting yeah, it up. Kind of pro- oh, yeah, supplements, all kinds of stuff. I know a guy that, that coached him when he was uh, on the Raiders and said, man, this dude was uh, – said he was awesome. He loved everything about him. But he this coach was also there, I guess, when he knocked that tight end out. When he ripped oh, his yeah. off and hit him, I yeah, guess it was – broke his orbital nasty. bone. Yeah, I heard – I talked to a coach that was there, and they said it was nasty. Like when that happened, and it happened so quickly too. Um, but yeah, Romanowski, <laughs> some of the younger kids may not know some of his antics, but he was, uh, is he a throwback? Would you call him a throwback? Oh, yeah. Yes, for, for sure. sure. Plus, if the younger kids don't know, they saw him in Longest Yard. Yeah, they know what type right. of player he is. Has he been in other movies? I feel like he was really starting to like, he was really starting to his, spread his wings as an actor in that movie. Wasn't he in Red Dawn? Was that Romanowski? He was in something else. No, that was uh, uh, Schlereth. Yeah. yeah, that was Stink. That's was he in Gridiron Gang, too? Uh, the Rock. I'm not sure. Let me see here. He's I'm, I'm pulling up his IMDb. Was he in the Marine with uh, Cena? No, he worked no. With, uh, Victor Conte from the uh, Falco there. Who did? Romanowski. Oh, was he tied to? to yeah, it was, uh, it was on like a uh, sixty minutes. Number one client. Yeah, I think he's been in a couple. He, like he's been in Blended and Jack and Jill. So he's a, he's a Sandler, Sandler guy. guy. He's, a Sandler yeah, he's guy. in the Sandler crew. Yeah, that's what I saw. I'm in a Sandler movie. I, Jack and Joe, I don't know if I saw that. But, yeah, Romanowski is one of those. He played for, what, 17, 18 years? He played forever. Long time. Yeah. Legend. He won a couple. How many Super Bowls did he win? A few. He was with the Raiders? And the Broncos. Mm-hmm. He was all over. He was in the Niners early in his career, wasn't yep. he? Mm-hmm. Jeez. I man, love he did bounce around. Four He's times got four rings. Yeah. Four yeah. times Four. He's got, does he have two with Denver, I'm guessing? Yeah, he also, apparently, I didn't know this, he also sent a 30-page PowerPoint presentation to Pat Bolin uh, when the Broncos were looking for a head coach in 2009. He lost out to McDaniels, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> sure, wait, hold on. Close. Romo sent his resume in for him to be the head coach? Uh, yeah, it was not just his resume. It was a 30-page or thirty page PowerPoint presentation. Wow, I would like to see that deck. I wonder if he yes. used the transitions. Did he use, like, the tire screeching transitions? Yeah. <laughs> That would be nice. I if would he assume did so. Romo. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a creative guy. I would definitely assume he had a bunch of sweet transitions. One of like the dissolving ones. Yeah, flip that pops up. Yep. You know, tiles. He spent, he spent all of his time on the transitions and not the actual. <laughs> you know, the deck. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Bunch of did, pictures. <laughs> all right, that's the show. Can't thank you guys enough for watching and listening. We know there's a bunch of shit out there that you could choose to spend your time on. The fact that you want to spend it with us, we are eternally grateful. Hopefully, Pat, feeling better tomorrow, maybe back in studio or calling in. We are almost at single digits for the countdown until the NFL season. It's right around the corner, and we'll be here to break down everything as we lead up to week one. You guys are the best. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.